Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, uh, the host of the podcast, and we are studying the book of Samuel, the first book of Samuel, that's Shmuel Aleph, and we are about to read chapter 9, and this is the uh, beginning of, of really a new section of the book of Shmuel, and that is the section where the focus will be on the man who will eventually become the first king of Israel, and that is Shaul, or Saul. Saul being my namesake, um, the, um, uh, I, it's hard to uh, not be biased when I'm judging the person whose name I share. The word Shaul uh, will be introduced to the man Shaul and how he became chosen as the first king of Israel. And exactly whether or not he really should be called a king, per se, is something that I want you to think about as we read through these verses, um, as we read through um, how he is introduced. But a leader, certainly. Now, um, the, uh, <coughs> um, well, let's just start. So, Vayehi Ishmi Binyamin. There was a man from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, it is very important to remember that we learned together very recently at the end of the book that preceded this one, the book of Judges, we learned of the terrible um, decimation of the tribe of Benjamin that occurred as a result of the awful incident at Giva, the rape of the concubine uh, of a woman and the murder of an innocent woman by a gang rape. It was just as awful as it sounds, that's as it was. And which ended up in uh, resulting in a civil war, which decimated the almost the entire tribe of Benjamin. So at this point, the tribe of Benjamin was very small, very weak, and um, utterly humiliated and defeated. It's therefore important to to remember that as we realize that Shaul, Saul, was a member of the the little bit of the tribe of Benjamin that was left. So, what was the person's name? His name was Kish ben Aviel ben Siror ben Bichorat ben Afiach ben Ish Yemini. He was a, uh, uh, so th- his name was Kish, uh, and he had this lineage uh, from a Benjamin, tribe of Benjamin, Gibor Choyel. And Kish was a strong, powerful man. Gibor Choyel usually could, Gibor can, sounds like powerful physically, but Chayel usually refers to wealth. So he was a wealthy man. He had a lot <coughs> um, and a prominent person. Usually when we give the um, uh, long lineage of a person's name, this reminds us a lot of what we read about when we were introduced to Elkanah in the beginning of Samuel. Um, Elkanah was the father of Samuel. We also started off by reading his, his, his five generations of his lineage going all the way back. And um, the thing is, so it, it, on the one hand, could be interpreted as, uh, uh, as, as demonstrating, as trying to present him as, as being, having a grand lineage of being a member of a prominent family. To some extent, that may be true, but I would like to note that of all of these five people mentioned, none of them have have any significance attached to them we, we don't know of these people from anywhere and uh calling someone from benjamin in this context 
is not really a compliment. It's almost an insult. He was from a, a measly little tribe that had just been wiped out and had, uh, because of awful behavior. I, so it anyway, but his father, Kish, was a Gibor Chayel. He was a wealthy man. Velo Haya Bain, and he had a son, Ushimo Shaul. And his son was Shaul, Saul. Now, Shaul means one who was requested, one who was asked for. So in other words, asked of God. So Shaul was asked of God, which would give the impression that, that Kish and or his wife, the mother of Shaul, who we're not introduced to, um, were having trouble having children. And they asked, they prayed to God for Shaul. And then when Shaul was granted and was born, they called him Shaul. This is what the one that we asked for. So right away, we again see a um, parallel to Shmuel, Samuel, <coughs> whose name is not coincidentally very similar to Shaul, who <coughs> um, was also named because he was asked of God, and uh, and uh, so it was. Who also was the result of um, uh, who was the son of a woman who was uh, infertile, who did not have children. She prayed to God, and Shaul was therefore the same. Bachur vatov, literally bachur vatov means he was um, a young man, or it could also mean a chosen young man, meaning he was special. Vatov, and he was good. This is. It has dual meaning here. Tov w would seem to mean, it could mean that he was tov in the sense of he was he was good looking, because often we find the word tov referring as a reference to someone's appearance, physical appearance, and it could also, but also it's it would be an unusual way to describe that. It, the, the verse chose the word tov because it wanted to state that he was good. He was well-liked. He was a good person. He had good qualities. There wasn't a man in the entire Israel who was more, better than he. So if you translate Tov as handsome then or good-looking, there was no one more good-looking than he. But if you translate Tov here as being a good as a person, as his personality, it would mean there was no one as good as he. And it seems clear from this verse, plus from the coming verses as we study them together that the that the verses are trying to portray both which is the reason why it shows this interesting way of wording things right rather than saying straight out because many the torah does not the 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 tanakh the prophets do not shy away from describing someone as beautiful when they are beautiful we see that by joseph we see that i mean repeatedly a fate to is a description of both men and women when they are physically good looking but here it chose to describe him this way because it wants us to get the feeling that he wasn't just good looking he was also good from his shoulders on up he was higher or taller than anyone else again this expression gives us the sense of he was taller. But again, like we find many times the Torah describes the height of a person. But here, um, it, doesn't, it, it describes it in an unusual way because it's trying to give the impression that he was just far and above away a better person uh, 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 than anyone else. So we know he's good looking. We know he's tall. 
and we know that his parents asked for him. There's something, and this is something to think about. I'm not going to delve into this too much. How many leaders in the history of of, of the of the people that we find throughout the, the Bible, throughout the, you know, who their parents were infertile, and then they prayed for the child, and then they finally have a child, and um, and then ended up going on to becoming leaders. Um, and this is just one more such case. Verse 3, And the donkeys that belonged to, and Atonot would be female donkeys, that, were, that, that belonged to Kish, the father of Saul, of Saul uh, were lost. They wandered off and they were lost. So Vayomer Kish el Shaul beno. So Kish says to his son Shaul, Take with for with you one of the boys, meaning one of the servant boys, and get up and go and find them, find the donkeys. So go out, see, I don't know, wherever donkeys would wander, go find them. So, Shaul, uh, and so Saul and his, his, his uh, servant boy, um, went to um, they uh, they passed through the mountain of Ephraim, uh, which is you know near Benjamin's uh, territory. And they uh, land. They went. They passed through the area of Shalisha, and they did not find the donkeys. And they went through the land of Shalim, and they couldn't find them there. And they traversed the entire territory of Benjamin, and they couldn't find it there either. The verse is deliberately giving us the impression that they've traveled all around, and so they did a lot of work. They're doing the, the, what they're asked to do, but they still can't find the donkeys. And then they came to the land of Tzuf, Tzuf is Tzufim. It's a high place. It's a mountainous place. Um, and uh, they get to that area. V'sha'ul omar l'na'aro. And Sha'ul says to his boy, remember, it's setting up this relationship where Sha'ul is the master and this boy is the servant boy. Asher Imo, who was with him. He doesn't even have a name. He was just Na'aro. He was the boy of Sha'ul, meaning belonging to Sha'ul. Asher imo, l'cha v'nashuva, let's get up and go back home. Because pen yechtal avi min ha'atonot. Maybe my father has, has forgotten already and stopped wor- you know, being concerned about the donkeys. V'do'aglonu, and he's going to be worried about us. Now there's many things I want to point out in this verse here. Number one, Sha'ul recognizes the special relationship he has with his father and the concern that his father would have for him, demonstrating this bond of love between father and son that the son recognized, understood, and respected, which is endears us to Shaul somewhat more. The other thing is, is that he spoke to his 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 boy, right? Let's go, Benashuva, let's go back, because maybe my father will be forget about the donkeys, Vidoglanu will be worried about us. Shaul was bringing without instead of talking to the to his servant in a condescending way. One would, if a usual master, you'd expect to say, um, "I want to go back because my father's going to be worried about me." I mean, he doesn't care about you. You're just a servant, but he's worried about me, his big son, his important son. (laughs) But that's not how Shaul spoke. Shaul included this this boy 
and said maybe he's going to be worried about us. So this is just giving us an idea of the kind of character that Shaul had. And then the boy said to him, now remember, this was a master-slave relationship, right? One would expect the slave to say, yes, master. But because of the special relationship and the way Shaul treated his servant, that's not how the servant answered, but the servant took the initiative to be independent, to disagree with his master and suggest another possible plan. Behold, there is a man of God in this town where we are. And this man is a very honorable man. Everything that he says, comes to pass. Now, let us go there. Let's go there because maybe he will tell us our path, that we um, have set upon. Now, this, again, these verses are very carefully written and there's a lot of meaning to be extracted from the way this is all written. And let me point out a few things in this verse that I'm referring to. I already mentioned the fact that the, the, the slave boy was willing to speak up and, and contradict his master and make a completely different suggestion. And then he says, the man is very honorable. Everything that he says comes to pass. One way of reading this is to understand this as a superstitious thing. He's a man of God. And all of his predictions, his prophecies about the future come to pass. They all come true. So we should go and find out. But if you look at the words carefully, that's not what he's saying here. He says, V'ish nichbad. He is an honorable, truthful man. So all the, the, everything that he speaks comes to pass because he's honorable, because he's truthful, because he, he states his true intent. So when he says he's going to do something, he does it. So it does not mean that he sees the future. But it means that he's an honorable, respectful person that keeps his word. And that is something special. That is what an Ish Elohim is. And now, remember, Shmuel, in the last chapter, his sons were not truthful. They did not tell the truth. They took bribes in order to, to pervert justice. But Shmuel was known for being a truthful person. The other thing is, then he says, Ata, now Nel Chasham. Let's go there now. Because we're on, maybe he will tell us, now you would expect him to say, maybe he will tell us where the donkeys are, so we can find them. But no, that's not the way he says it, even though he means it, but it's said, this verse is written in such a way that you want to, it makes you, it begs you to read a second meaning in the words. Because instead of saying, maybe he will tell us, where to find the donkeys, it says, maybe he will tell us regarding our path that we have been walking on. Maybe he can tell us something about our path in life. Now, I know this sounds kind of grand to try to read such meaning into these words, but it's looking at you straight in the face when you look at the way these words are written. These, it, it, it's deliberately written this way. The path upon which we have walked not the path we should go on to find the donkeys. So number one, it doesn't say we should, maybe we'll find out where to find the donkeys. It also doesn't, when he talks about maybe he'll tell us about the path, it doesn't tell us about the path we should take 
because maybe he has some prophetic wisdom about which path we're going to go on to be successful, but no, maybe he has something to tell us about our path, our path that we are taking. So, how does Shaul respond? Vayomer Shaul lina'aro, and Shaul, Saul says to his, to his, his, his young uh, servant, well, um, nelech. So let's say we went, right? ish. What are we going to bring to this man? In other words, it's as a sign of respect when you visit a a prophet or a man of God or anything. You should bring some kind of donation, something. Now, one might look at this and say, well, what kind of business is this that Shmuel Samuel would would expect payment for his advice and wisdom? Well, we know that Shmuel was not at all like that kind of person. We know from, as we'll see throughout Shmuel's career, which is not yet over, although he's reaching the end of his days. But it's just a way that one chose respect for a great man. And Shaul is saying, look at us. We, have, we don't even have any bread left in our bags. We're just a bunch of people that have been wandering around through all kinds of uh, places for days on end. We don't even have food left. And we don't have any um, any gift that we can bring to this man of God. What do we have with us? So Shaul is saying, yes, yeah, it's, it's a great idea to go to this man of God, but how could we have any meaningful interaction if we don't have anything to bring and we're just going to wander in there like this. So the Na'ar, the young boy, continued to answer his master, Saul. And he said, If I have a little bit of money, I have a quarter shekel of silver, I can give this to the man of God, and he will tell us our path. Again, the choice of terms, our path, is deliberate. It's not... It doesn't say he'll tell us what to do or tell us what is going to happen, but rather, because I know that he is an honest, good, wise man, he will tell us our path. Now this verse was obviously placed at the time that the book of Shmuel was being or edited or redacted and put down for, for, for posterity, which was obviously a time period later then these events are happening. So whether exactly when this was, is you can talk to the scholars and debate that. But it's clear from this verse that this is being written a, a, a significant amount of time later on in history. Lefonim bi Israel in the old days in Israel. So this is like a, this verse is being interjected. Ko ish When a person was going to seek out God and seek out wisdom. Right from from a, a man of God who's teaching, right? Uh, one would say to the other person, Let us go together to the roe, to the seer. A roe is a seer, one who sees. The kind of person we today call a navi, which is translated as a prophet, but that's a very bad translation. In the old days, they used to call him a roe, a seer. Why did I say Navi is a bad um, um, translation? Because the word Navi actually means a speaker. It doesn't mean a prophet. In English, you say a prophet, you think of someone that talks about the future. 
But that's not what a Navi is. A Navi is one who speaks, right? It's a, it's a person who speaks, a person who teaches, a person who sp- teaches wisdom. It's nothing to do about telling the future. Now, because he's wise, what he speaks, and when he tells you that you should behave a certain way because it's going to affect your future, then you should listen. Anyway, but in those days they would call it a roe, a seer, because both have that same quality. A seer means someone who can see the outcome of your path that you are taking, the derach that this you know, the boy was telling Saul, right? He'll tell us our path because he can see what's going to happen if we take this path or that path. So Vayomer Shmu'ul and Aro, and Saul said to his boy, Tov Devarcha, your words are good, you're saying good. Let's go together. And they went to the city where the man of God was. Now, the city was high up. Remember, it was Tzofim. It was in Eretz Tzuf. It's the land which looks um, out upon uh, a lower area. So it was a high area on top of a mountain. Here they were going up in the ascent to the city. Many cities, of course, are built on hilltops for purposes of defense. And they found, and they bumped into, uh, they passed by along the way, young girls, who are on their way down the hill towards the valley to draw water, because obviously the wells and the springs are typically at the bottom of the mountain. So the girls were going to get water, and they passed by these two travelers on their way up the mountain towards the city. And they said to the girls, Is there a seer in this town? And the young women answered them, and they said, Yes, he is up there. Maher, hurry up. Hurry up now. And now this word reminds us because a few verses ago, the young boy said, Ata, now we should go to visit uh, the seer. And the girls are answering the same type of language. Ata, now go and visit him and see him. Ki hayom because uh, he has just come today to the town. We know that Shmuel, as we saw in the last chapter, would travel from place to place in order to... Um, uh, teach and, and bring people back to God and so on. So today he's here. Uh, and why is he here today? Because today we are bringing a sacrifice on the Bama. The Bama is a high place. It is a large, typically a large stone or altar on the top of a, uh, of a, of a hilltop. And which it clearly demonstrates that the tabernacle in Shiloh was no longer uh, around. It was presumably gone after Ailey's house was destroyed and the Aron, the Ark of the Covenant, was removed from there and now is being held elsewhere. So, um, and therefore, they were to bring sacrifices on the Bama, on the, on the high place, and this is where they were doing the, that uh, worship of God. So, Kivach, the girls continue to say, Kivach, when you get into the city, Kain Timtsun Oso. This is how you will find him. Before you go up to the um, Bama, to the high place, the place where the shrine, the place where they're going to have the service and the sacrifice, to eat, um, uh, 
that that what you're gonna you, this is how you're gonna find them because you need to know that the people are not gonna eat until he gets there. Why? Because he is going to bless the zevach, the the um, the sacrifice. He's gonna make all the blessings and do everything over the service, and no one's gonna eat until he until he gets there because he has to do the ceremony. So Achrei Cain, after he does that, then Yochul Hakrim, then all the people that are invited are going to eat. Viata. So therefore, now Alu, you better go up there. Ki Oso, Ki Hayom Oso, because now uh, at this time on today, that's when you're going to find them. And the rambling uh, chitter chatter of the girls is kind of cute here, and the verse is purposely trying to portray the way a bunch of young girls would be talking all excitedly, you know, to these two strangers about this big event that's going to go on today. He's going to come, he's going to go, he's going to this, 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 that. They didn't just answer his question and say, yeah, he's here, go that way. The big house in the middle of the hill. That could have been a simple answer. Uh, the rabbis of the Talmud point out that they were that they were presumably attracted to Shaul's uh, good looks, as we mentioned how he was so handsome. So they wanted to hang out and schmooze for and, and talk and 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 chatter for uh, and chat for a while. Now, um, be that as it may, um, uh, we had this conversation here, and uh, so now they know. they went up to the city. they were. Walking into the entrance of the city, Vihine, and at the same time, behold, Shmuel Yotzeilikratam. Shmuel was already going out to greet them, La'alot Habama, while he was on his way up to the high place. So Shmuel was already greeting them as if he somehow knew that they were on their way. Now, it could very well be that he was told there's two strangers coming, two visitors coming, or it could be through his, uh, you know, his uh, prophetic knowledge that he knew that they would be coming um, so he knew that he was going to have special guests today so uh, we'll stop here um, uh, this will be 9a uh, and we're ready to hear what happens as Shmuel meets the future king of Israel Saul Shaul and how that interaction takes place thank you so much for studying chapter 9 together looking forward to studying the rest of this chapter and the rest of this beautiful book together.